Abraham Lincoln once said, Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. So in this episode, we we look at this question of why do bad things happen to good people? Often we ask that. Believers and unbelievers probably have this question, especially if they're exploring the idea of a God. And, and so if we call our God a good God, then why can bad things happen to good people? But I love what Abraham Lincoln says. My greatest concern is to be on God's side. And that's what we need to be concerned with. God is love. Welcome to Revitalized Kindness Podcast. My name is Dave Weaver. And I'm Yvette Walker. And welcome to this episode. This is volume three of Revitalized Truth. This is a series that we're doing within the season, uh, season three of the podcast. Season three, we're talking about biblical kindness and all things in that mix. Uh, We've talked about, I believe it would come out or it may have already come out, forgiveness. We've talked about some other things surrounding that uh, about kindness. So tonight, though or today whenever you're listening to this we're going to talk about why do bad things happen to good people what's what's the general like what do you think a secular uh type answer might be for that or a common answer that we might hear if i just said that to somebody on the street don't know their background don't know their faith what kind of answers do you think we would get oh well we get a lot of i don't knows um Mm -hmm. you know i mean some people might even say that God thinks some people are more important than others, which, mm. I mean, we, you know, some people might say that, um, we, I think we get a lot of head scratching. <laughs> yeah, probably. So that's a hard, it's almost like a philosophical question. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's the type of questions people spend hours and days and years, uh, uh, uh talking about it. I know that philosophers of ancient times all the way up until now have still, wrestling with ideas such as the purpose of life, meaning of life and things like that, things that may never get answered in that way. Um, but we're going to look at scripture. Uh, of course, that's our source of truth. Um, a lot of times in the IT world, we talk about what's the source of truth. And so we're going to look at our, 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 the gospel or scripture to see what it may have for us. So let me bring out one thing first. Um, Let's think about Job in the Bible. So a lot of us know the story of Job. Poor guy. He's getting picked on. The devil asked for permission. Hey, God, will you allow me? You know, he talks about how faithful Job is. Um, As a matter of fact, in Job uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright one who feared God and turned away from evil. So he just sounds like this very righteous dude. I mean, if you want to put it that way, um, (laughs) he sounds very righteous. It's a righteous dude. Yeah. He's a righteous dude. And uh, so, but the guy, uh, you know, devil gets permission to do 
things and, and God's one condition is what you can't harm Job. Like you can't take his life basically. And his life was preserved, but a lot was taken away from Job. So why did the bad things happen to this good person? We might ask. So, and, and we know Job's reaction to uh, these things. And in Job, and I'll mention that in Job 13, 15, uh, which actually is a good song. If you want to look up Shane and Shane, uh, there is these two uh, guitarists that are Christian artists, Shane and Shane, and they do in the backdrop of this song. I forget the name. Maybe it's Though He Slay Me or Slay Me. We may have talked about that before, but John Piper's in the background. There is a part of the song where he he is going through a sermon. And it's talking about, I think this is where this comes from, nonetheless. But Job 13, 15 says, though he slay me, and this is Job speaking, though he slay me, I will hope in him, yet I will argue my ways to his face. So his faith wasn't shaken um, because he says, I still have hope in him, even though these things happen to me, basically. So, I mean, we we do got an ex- a prominent example in Scripture where, where we see that mm-hmm. and some people might ask then the question, the most logical question might, or might be, if we hear that, why did, why did God allow that to happen? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people go, right? Oh yeah. No, I think so. And, you know, maybe you're about to get into this, but you know, use the word allow, mm-hmm. use the word allow. So, you know, I think, I think something that, that I believe, and you can talk about this is that God doesn't create these, you know, mishaps, but he allows things to happen. And I think that people might put it in a couple of categories. One is to test. And then one is to perhaps fortify or make stronger. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, let you may want to talk about that because you know, I can't, if you were to ask me, why did he allow those things to happen to Job? I don't know, but we see where Job came out at the end better than he was at the beginning. Yeah, it, it is a point that I'm, I am going to bring up. I, I'll go ahead and read this short little quote from the article I was reading. Then, then we can jump back in um, and, and look at some other things. But it said here, it says those with battle scars can better help those going through battles. And so I think God does use, there are things that God allows that, 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 that happened to us. We consider them bad and we don't know the ultimate plan, but God knows what those, what those things are going to be used for later. Because a lot of times people that have been through battles, turn their battles into ministry, Mm. which is to glorify God or which it, it ends up glorifying God, I should say. And so we don't always see the ends or the end or the means to the end, but God does, and he's got a bigger picture of that. And that's a great point. Um, yeah. So I think, I think you're on it, uh, on it a vet. Um, and so here's one point too, that I read in, in an article and this might be the tough pill pill to swallow. Okay. All right. So don't hurt me when I say this, anybody out there that's listening, a vet included. Uh, <laughs> all right. And we can talk about this. Um, so here's the statement. There are no good people. 
Mm. Okay. So we take the statement again or the question, why do or why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. And then we go to the premise to say, hey, there are no good people. That messes up our question a little bit, I should say. Just a little bit. But is what do you what do you think? What do you think? Are there because I know there's a lot around that, but yeah, let me, yeah. Let me hear your take on that. Um, event. Well, I mean, so I don't know if it's anywhere in the Bible that says that even poses the question, why do bad things hope it happen to good people? I mean, I don't think there's anything like that. Obviously we have, we see David and, and other psalmists in Psalms asking the Lord, you know, why, you know, Lord, I can't hear you. Why haven't you come that type of thing? Mm -hmm. But the, the idea of good, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really interesting. You could make that argument that there hasn't been good people since the fall and uh, since before the fall. Um, but yet we also know that there have been people close to God's heart. Abraham, Moses, David, mm -hmm. certainly. Um, so we know that, but I don't know. That's a that's a good thing to ponder. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you look at, what is it? Hebrews 13. And it goes through, it's kind of like this hall of faith. Yeah, I think that some people call it that, but it's mm -hmm. those scriptures that go back to a lot of your old Testament folk like Abraham, for example. And they, and they do, they look at the faithfulness of, of those, but they all had, you know, they're, they're like Noah, Noah had a lot of faith, but there mm -hmm. were part, there was uh, and we talked about that last time we, we spoke about after yeah. they got off the boat and that situation with the drunkenness and the neckness mm -hmm. and things like that. But so there, there's these blemishes as well. Um, and of course, you know, you've got people that, that are in the, uh, in the genealogy of Jesus. And so the lifeline or the gene yeah. genealogy of our Lord and savior that definitely have tons of blemishes. Rahab was a prostitute, but yet she's still included in that, um, you know, one verse though, that, that kind of stuck out to me, I looked at several verses, uh, thinking about there's not really a, a quote unquote good person. Mm -hmm. Um, in Luke 18, 19, um, Jesus said that, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Um, there, there's another one. If you look at, let's see, Ecclesiastes 7, 20, says, surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. And then first John one, eight says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So there are, mm -hmm. there are some indications that there is no good alone. We're not good alone, but I would say that we will be good one day. We're going to have new bodies and we're going to live in heaven and, or, or and then, Jesus is going to come back down. There's going to be a new earth. And so when we live in that internal realm with him, there is going to be, we're putting back the pieces to the, the garden of Eden. Cause we we're talking about the garden of Eden recently too. Mm -hmm. we're just talking about how, you know, it's just, it was a different thing. So in the beginning, everything was perfect and everything was good. And even when God creates man on the sixth day, there's uh, extra emphasis on his creation in terms of what he said about it. And it's very good. So um, 
Yeah. So there, I think there's these indications that God's creation is good. And I think it, at a time in, in our history, human history, if you will, um, things were very good in the, in the garden, but sin entered and, and here we are. Um, and so we are full of sin. So we're not exactly good. So I think that's what they mean when they, when they say that there are definitely good people in the world. And, and so in one, in one way, um, if the way that we say it or way we think about it, and I think this is where most people probably are when they think about it is they say, Hey, that's a good man or that's a good woman because they seem to do good things for others. They're, they're, they're selfless. They don't think about themselves Mm -hmm. and they're thinking about others first. So those are all good qualities. And definitely we encourage that um, to be kind to others, right? Because we want to revitalize kindness and how else can we do that? Unless we take that role. All right. So, so that, true, that, but like you just said, he called Joe blameless. Maybe it's not good. Maybe it's blameless. Maybe that's the term we should use there you because go. maybe good is too all encom- encompassing, you know? There you to, go. Yeah. I like that. That's, that makes sense to me. It really does. All right. So I'm going to give you these four four things that they that they mentioned in this article and i'm going to post this article at the bottom of the uh in our show notes so let's talk about four other points that this uh this has got questions out of org of course i always go to them i go to a lot of sources but i just happen to i like their layouts very easy and they always provide verses and links and it makes it easy to kind of like follow up in scripture to say okay is what they're saying true or not and and so do what do we agree with it and let's see what God's word says about it. And we should always do that. We should always mm-hmm. challenge what people say, challenge what we say. Um, I have listened. I'll, I'll be honest. I have listened back to some of our tapes where I've said something and I think it's a little nuance. So most people probably wouldn't even catch it, but there's things that I've said that I think weren't quite on the point biblically and i could have said something a little different to make Mm. it more more clear so i think sometimes i have been unclear but yeah so anything that you hear from me or any preacher or anything like that always go back to god's word and challenge what they're saying uh, by god's word that's the final authority right all right so look number one thing that i'll mention from the article they said bad things may happen to good people in this world but this world is not the end that's a good point. Um, we were just kind of talking about that. There's something more out there. Um, Jesus, first of all, but there's this eternal life that we'll live and things will be, things will be good. Then, um, there'll be no more tears, um, no more pain, no more suffering. And those are hard things to think about. And there's other questions that come up. I don't think we're actually talking about that this season, but why does God allow suffering? So there it goes into, that area, but we got to remember ultimately though, within the kind of world that we live in, the world is full of sin, it has blemishes. So there is going to be suffering in the world that, um, this isn't it. This is not it. This is, we're just passing through. And I like that. Um, mm-hmm. second Corinthians four, chapter four, verses 16, I think it's through 17 says this, this is Paul encouraging the uh, uh, the people in Corinth. He said, so, so we don't lose heart, 
though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentarily, or excuse me, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So the glory that we are going to receive and in this eternal life is going to outweigh any bad, any affliction in this, in this moment. So everything now is light in comparison to the heaviness of the glory and the weight of the glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And, you know, have you heard the expression where people say um, that, for example, there would be no light and I don't, this is an expression and it's not mm -hmm. biblical at all, but the idea there would be no dark if there was no light or there would be no, you wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to fully understand joy if you didn't have difficulties. Right. Yeah, so, so, but what you just said, the idea of having the weight and then later comes the lightness. Mm -hmm. And I, and I wonder if that means that you would understand it and enjoy it all the more than if you had never gone through some things. Right. I think so. I think we, we all experience these lows in life. And I think sometimes, you know, and, and just from not even a spiritual standpoint, you know, we, once we hit the bottom, if we, if we are able to lift ourselves up and make it out of there, whether we do that by faith, which we should, mm -hmm. or if we do it by some other means, because uh, this could go for somebody that's not even a believer, but mm -hmm. if they make it out of that, then yeah, they can look back and they, they, they've learned something, they've grown from it. And um, I think God does that. He uses that to grow us. So yeah, I think we can definitely look back and reflect and uh, maybe it looks different to us. Number two thing that they mentioned, bad things happen to good people, but God uses those bad things for an ultimate lasting good. So that kind of goes into a little bit of what I think you're, what we're talking about there. Romans 8, 28 uh, says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So yeah, sometimes bad things happen, but there's an ultimate good in, in, in that, um, and a lot of times we can't see it. I'll never forget my story that I've just a personal story. And the short of it is uh, a lady gave a witness to one of the pastors that I had at the church I'm at, I'm at now. Her, her husband passed away in a wreck. It was two friends. One of the husband was one of the friends. They were racing the car. They were doing something they, they shouldn't have. But anyway, the friend of the husband, um, he ends up wrecking the car and the husband dies. But the friend who was racing the car did not die. Um, and a lot of us from a lot of perspectives would be the woman should have been really mad at the friend because they were careless and she, you know, her husband's not with her anymore. Mm -hmm. but I'll never forget the story that, that, uh, my pastor told me, he said that woman invited, made sure that the, that man came to the funeral because he didn't even want to be there, uh, because of him being sort of the cause of it, if you will. Um, but she made sure he was there. And when he was there, the pastor, what was said at the funeral really touched his heart. And she actually walked him down to the altar and he gave his life to the Lord. And so something bad happened, but glory to God, mm -hmm. somebody gave their life to God in that sense. So we don't always see that, that better, the, the good 
purpose of, of God. Um, and like they always say, <laughs> well, this is a little secular, I guess, but if you in retail, I know just working in retail, people are always going to talk about the bad things, but not the good things. So I think sometimes people recognize bad. It's innate in us for some reason. We just recognize bad and we would love to talk about the bad stuff, but the good things less likely. Um, so, yeah, that's just another little tidbit that uh, that made me think of there. All right. Number three, they said bad things happen to good people, but those bad things equip believers for a deeper ministry. And that was one I, I just read you uh, at the beginning here where we were talking about it. I can't remember if we said it at the beginning of the podcast or we were just talking but there was a quote in there that said, those with battle scars can better help those going through battles. Mm. And I know, yeah, definitely people that have been through tough stuff where like, hey, this person doesn't deserve this. That thing that they went through, they used it for a ministry. And it could have been for a prison ministry, could be for a local ministry within the church, somebody that's been abused. And so there's just a number of things that that are they're they're bad considered bad but people use that for because they look they've been there they've got perspective now that a lot of people want within the yeah. church yeah you know i know i've been down a road a rough road that a lot of people honestly in my church I, i'll be surprised if they've been down that road and they may have mm -hmm. but i've just got a definitely a different perspective than than some because of the things that i've dealt with whether it was the music that i listened to or things that i was involved with mm -hmm. So, and I think it's the last one off this list. Number four, it says bad things happen to good people and the worst things happen to the best person. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, they mentioned, so this is what they say. Jesus was the only truly righteous one, yet he suffered more than we can imagine. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and that makes sense. And then we look yeah. at people like Job too. So Job was this righteous, the righteous man, right? Righteous dude. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yet the bad thing happened, um, to him. So yeah, those are just some reasons that they, they come up with. So, uh, and it's still, it's so hard to understand. I think a lot of people, I think when they look at, um, you know, whether they're looking from the outside, if they're not part of our faith or whether you're, you're a Christian, I think sometimes when we get into faith, we might have the wrong expectation. You know, I think sometimes we get built up to say, hey, everything's going to be, you know, you're going to wealth, health, wealth, and whatever. The prosperity part of 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 faith, if you will, mm -hmm. um, sometimes that gets leaned on way too heavily and probably a lot out of context too. not just weighed in or weighed on heavily, but many times the prosperity part is taken out of context. That's not to say that good things can happen and, and God can't bless you because God can bless you. You can be blessed. And often oh, yeah. he, he, he can, and he does bless us. Yeah. Yeah. He will. Yeah, he will. But often uh, Christians that, that get blessings are, are going to pay it forward in a sense and share those blessings with others. So, I think sometimes, you know, and, and sometimes we may not, but because we might need the money or something. But I think that, uh, yeah, that's just another, uh, I think that is why people might have a, a different perspective because they think that when they get into the faith, that it's just all good. 
you know, all good things should happen. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be joyful all the time. And it's not so, I mean, you're, you're not, you're a person and, and you're going to deal with things no matter who you are, mm-hmm. rather you're CEO of a fortune 500 company, rather you have your dream job or you go to the quote unquote, let's just say best church in your neighborhood and you've got the best things, let's just say, right. um, cause I think sometimes people say, Hey, this look at my life. And I, and I think that's one thing that kind of, um, I think is dangerous with social media because I think we get a, a wrong context of people's lives. You know, it's easy to take pictures and everything to look good, but you know, in real life, things don't always look that way, but I think social media has, cause I read an article the other day where it, you know, it, it, I think it messes with our minds and it gets our perceptions, um, maybe to be unrealistic, but that just complicates the subject even more when we think about, Hey, God is, you know, what's the other thing that people say? God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Yeah. And so, and which he is, he's God is good and he's good all the time. But I think we, it's easy to conflate that and say, well, if God is good all the time, then again, why do all these bad things happen? Yeah. Um, so well, it's a tough one. So we are a couple of days out at in this recording uh, mm-hmm. from the earthquake in Turkey and Syria. Yeah. And something like that happens where the last count I heard was, you know, in the in the five digits, um, mm-hmm. maybe even maybe even the six digits by now. Mm-hmm. And people ask that question, you know, how could that happen? Now, there are some people who might say, oh, they they don't have the faith that we do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we should say that or think like that. But I think we do ask that question, you know, how could that happen to them? And why could we lose so many, so many people? Yeah. And we we don't know the answer and because we don't know the plan. Right. It's not our plan. That's it. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. We, we should never say, well, those people deserved it because that's mm-hmm. what, it, you know, it, that makes me think of the, the story of, um, oh gosh, it makes me think of the story of Jonah, Jonah in the well. So we're, mm-hmm. we always think about Jonah in the well, Jonah being in the well or the fish, not well, but anyway, the fish. And, but I always, since I've studied it and taught it a few times, I always think about, I guess the thing that stands out to me is, is the why he got there and he got there because he didn't want to deal with the people in Nineveh because he didn't think they deserved it. Yeah. Um, he was going to hide from God and get away from God basically and say, and, and, and not obey what God wanted because God wanted him to go over there to talk to the people in Nineveh and, and, and witness to them basically. Mm-hmm. But he did everything he could, but what did God do? And I, I liked it. One preacher said that he made a, it was a divine interruption that mm. the fish came and got him and spit him onto the ground at Nineveh, um, where there you go. Uh, you, you need to. So, yeah, I think that is, uh, it's a bad way to look at things. If we say those people deserve it because it did work out for Jonah. And I don't think it, it's really working well for Christians if we say stuff like that, because that I, I think there's a little bit of hate in that kind of speech, if in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And like you said, we don't know God's plan. 
And, um, and so we really, really can't make those accusations, I would say. So yeah, another and, tough. And it just it, another tough one. I know. I just want to point this last last thing out. Sure. If God wanted us to understand the plan, He would give us the knowledge. Because there's so many times in the Bible where we say that God hardened the hearts of people, or that mm-hmm. later He opened their minds and they understood. So if it if it's time for that to happen, then He will do that. But right now we don't know the plan and we have to be patient and obedient. That's right. We got to do that. So look, the best thing, I think the best plan for us, if people are going through a bad time, be there for them. Look, that's just an opportunity for us to witness. That's an opportunity for us to love on people. Mm -hmm. And that is what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, look, I'm going to call all Christians out on that. That's what we should be doing. We, we want to always um, bring in too, too many other things or aspects, but pure and simple uh, way I think to look at this is if somebody is going through a bad time to use that as a time that we can witness and show love to somebody else. Because we, if we want to revitalize kindness in any sort of way, then I think that is a way that we, we can do that. Um, you know, cause if you do the unexpected, then that's going to, that's going to, um, that's going to make you stand out. And if you're standing out, not because you want to, because it's not about you, but if you stand out in that way, people might get interested. Well, what is Dave or what is a vet all about? If they learn that we are people of faith and we may not put it in their face every day, but we just show and, and, and we're examples and we're ambassadors for Christ. So we would mm-hmm. do the things that he might do, which would be to encourage or not really to encourage, but to comfort others. Um, and that's what we should be doing. So I'll leave it at that because I think that's a good note. Um, and, uh, and it points it back to revitalize kindness too. So that's, that's always a good note, but look, Hey, these are tough and keep, keep them coming. I think, I, I don't know, we might do this again in another season. Cause I really think that, we really need to understand what God's word says before we just start acting out on our own. Like a vet pointed out, we can't just act out and say things blindly about other people. And we just can't make, you know, we may not. And the other point though, is we may not understand why these bad things happened in the first place. Cause like a vet pointed out as well, we don't know the plans of God. His plans are higher and his thoughts are higher than ours. And so we just may not understand, but you know what? That's okay. Cause that's part of faith. I mean, really faith is just not always understanding, not always seeing, but just having faith in our good God. So I'll leave it at that. Hopefully we'll see you or hear from you on the next revitalized kindness or revitalized truth till next time. We'll see you later.